0: Thanks for being here. We are getting very, very close to the midterm election, which happens on Tuesday. A lot of people have already cast their votes. They began last week counting the early ballots that have come into Maricopa County. Uh, Those those, uh, votes will be counted, and the results will be released at about 8 p.m. on election night. I want to remind you about the election coverage we have right here at KTAR News. On election night, we will be here with a full host of people. Um, You know, From the afternoon, guys, me, I'll be here. I think Sharp's going to be here for part of the night. Uh, um, We'll have... Uh, experts on we're going to get results when they come in we are going to have big conversations about what we are seeing so it will be great election coverage it always is here at ktar and if you're looking now if you store undecided in any race you want to learn more about candidates there is a great page it's ktar.com arizona votes it, it will give you interviews we've done you can hear straight from candidates to be a more informed voter so we encourage you to do that as we sprint toward that um i, I mean i'm always interested in what happens in the days going up to it um, Um, Arizona says, don't count on the polls. Arizona Republic today says, you can't count on the polls. Don't listen to the polls. Okay, fair enough. One of the quotes in the poll says, we're not really going to know how accurate polls are until uh, November 9th. And I thought, wow, no kidding. Now, that's brilliance right there. You mean to tell me we're not going to know results of the election until after the election? Really? You mean polls don't give you results? Oh, okay. Um, But in the end, what this is about is people's concern – for who's going to get elected it is a very contentious time in america and there are times where this happens i have talked about the pendulum swing in my lifetime um of how things have gone in America, and then the, how how presidents and just in that realm presidents, how they 've been remembered through history um, but let 's talk about local elections let 's talk about governors offices because uh, when a governor is in office, he or she usually usually is disliked by many people, even in their own party at times. If you look back, I want you to think about it i don 't know if you remember this, many of you do. There was a time when Governor Brewer was in office, when our economy was in a really bad place because of the recession in the country, and there were some very difficult decisions that had to be made uh, between the legislature and the governor's office. And Governor Brewer made a lot of people in her party angry with some of the decisions she made. I mean really angry. History has been very kind to Jan Brewer, meaning in the end, the decisions that were made, ultimately made, not every decision is ever a great one or a home run, but if you look at what they were able to do, that legislative session and that governor's office able to balance the budget, able to stop the bleeding in the economy. When we were standing on the edge of the cliff of financial ruin in this state and some of the decisions that were made that were immensely unpopular inside her own party. You know, you're never going to be liked by the opposite party, but you want to maintain a pretty high rating with your party. And there was a time when she'd made some people in her party, very powerful people in elected office and in in, in the Republican Party, angry. But. If you look at that history has been kind to her, that was that was the foundation that was poured then. That, that leveling of what was going on, the slowing down, stopping the bleeding of our economy is what the foundation that gave the next administration the ability to do what they did with the economy. Um, if you look at what's happening with the current administration, most of you know um, – That I like the job that Governor Ducey has done, especially with the economy. But I had questions and concerns and criticisms about the handling of COVID-19 as many business owners out there did. And it was a time when people were fearful of losing their businesses and we people were outraged at the way it was being handled within his own political party. I think, it's just my prediction, I think that history is going to be kind to Governor Ducey as well. Governor Napolitano, a liberal Democrat, and I'm not using that as an insult, I mean that as an identifier, she would say she's a liberal Democrat, was able to earn election twice in the state of Arizona and work with an overwhelming majority in uh, the both the House and the Senate in to get things done here in the state of Arizona. History's not been unkind to her. There are decisions that she made that I disagreed with that I kind of laughed about and joked about because I don't agree with her policies but history's not been unkind to her either as governor in Arizona and so what's happening right now is contentious like they always are and when you know the, George W. Bush summed it up best when he said at an event he said I don't know why people do this he said because if you run for office and you lose you were a terrible candidate and if you run for office and you win you're a terrible incumbent in his case you're a terrible president and I laughed and I thought you know what you're absolutely right You're absolutely right. If you run and you lose, you are a terrible candidate. If you win while you're in office, you're terrible at the job. But history has been kind to a lot of different people. What will history say about this election and the people that are chosen? And the answer is we have no idea. We have no idea. We don't know uh, what Katie Hobbs would or wouldn't do as governor and how she would perform in that role. We don't know how Carrie Lake will. What we look at is what their policies are and what they say they want to accomplish going forward and which one of those two people do we trust to do those things to the good of Arizona's electorate and citizens. And the same thing down the line in all of these races. You know, the tough thing here is the headwinds, especially for Mark Kelly, because – you know, he's running as an independent, and I, I want to be very clear about something. Um, I always strive to be fair. I will never hide from my opinions. I will never hide from my political beliefs. But it, it, is, it really is bothersome to me that I was not able to get uh, Katie Hobbs or Mark Kelly on this show. I interviewed Katie Hobbs twice for television. They were great interviews. They were not confrontational at all. There were no gotcha questions, and I allowed her time to her time to make her case. It really – I really wanted to get them on this show, and we tried very hard. Julia, the producer of this show, tried very hard behind the scenes sending out very frequent emails and requests to their people to ask them to come on, and it was their choice. Choice, strategic or otherwise, not to come on this show, but I wanted them. I wanted you to hear. You know, I would ask the questions and be fair in letting them answer. Um, but Mark Kelly, you know, people have to look at his voting record. They have to look at how he's voted while he's in, and do they agree with the outcomes of the things he's voted in favor of or voted against? And you know, and and then from there, uh, is his opponent Blake Masters? Does he give you the confidence that he would go there and? do the right things when he got in office. I mean, that's what's happening. And all of these races are dramatically close. When it's all said and done, can we just get back to governing? Can we agree on the results of the election? Can we agree that whoever the winners are have won the offices? And then can we hold them accountable to do what's right for Arizona? I mean, I I know that sounds so silly and simple, but... There are a lot of people that are worried. One of the headlines in the stack that I have for this segment of the show is how there is a majority of people, and it's a pretty significant majority of people in this country, are concerned about political violence. I want you to hear just very quickly, as long as we're on the topic. This is someone – this is an election worker, uh, and this is Terry Moran from ABC. From July 2021 to August 2022, the Department of Justice's Election Threats Task Force say they've reviewed over a thousand reports of hostile communications directed at election workers, causing shortages of workers in some counties throughout the country. Defeating your whole purpose. If we want free and fair and accurate elections, we have to have enough people to run the elections. So when you start intimidating and threatening threatening election workers, they don't need it. It's a part-time job. It's more of a volunteer thing. It's more of a public service thing than it is anything else. And when you're threatening these people, you're not a patriot. You're a fool. You are defeating your own cause for fair elections, chasing people away that would be election workers. It just doesn't make sense. What we're gonna do in a minute is get you caught up. Every day at 1120, we do something called Did You Hear This? It catches you up on all the big news stories. We'll get to it in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, time to get caught up for the last time this week. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news
1: stories.
2: Attorney John Belitis joined the show today to discuss Arizonans' right to pay time off to vote on Election Day.
1: Employees here are entitled to three consecutive hours of time within which to vote on Election Day without having to worry about losing any pay.
2: Why is it important to get this message out to voters
0: before Election Day? Because I don't think a lot of employees know that this exists, and I don't know that a lot of employers know that it exists. It's, it, it's not an obscure law, but it only comes up once every couple of years, and I just thought it was such an interesting topic for from this from a lawyer that works with labor issues and he was such a great guest you should go back and listen to the whole interview but if you're an employee you're entitled to three hours three consecutive hours in order to vote so if you are one of the shift workers that, that starts at like 8 a.m. and you don't get off until 6 p.m. your boss has to make sure that whether it's before your shift or after your shift you have three consecutive hours without losing pay to go and vote you have to notify that employer you have to let that employer know at least a day ahead of time, which means today or. And they have to make the concession. It was just such a unique thing. I wanted people to know about it. I thought he did a great job.
2: October added 261,000 jobs to the market, showing some resilience. But is this necessarily good news? Ongoing strength in the jobs market could encourage the Federal Reserve to continue aggressively hiking interest rates as it tries to cool down the economy to lower inflation. Why would a seemingly strong job market encourage
0: more rate hikes? Well, I just, they're trying to cool down the economy so prices go down, so that the demand goes down and prices go down. And what we're seeing right now is that the employment numbers still remain very, very high. And the- Prices continue to skyrocket. So what could be bad news is when the Fed sees this and sees that the big strides they've made haven't slowed the economy down or effectively, they may go to bigger bites or may take another big bite. And that's been concerning to the stock market and concerning to a lot of job uh, creators. <laughs> You're listening to Did You Hear This. We do it every day at this time to get you caught up. Amid massive layoffs
2: at Twitter, employees have decided to take action. Workers filing a class action lawsuit over the massive layoffs, saying that the company is doing so without enough notice in violation of federal and California law. How do you think this case will be ruled?
0: Let's well, just postpone it 30 days. Do your mass layoffs. Tell them now that you got 30 days, and we're going to lay you off 30 days from now. That's all. I mean Just fulfill the law. Make sure you're within compliance of the law. And then do what you want with the company you just spent billions of dollars for. He has a right to do whatever he wants. And if you don't like Elon Musk as a boss so much, go work somewhere else. You have a choice to go somewhere else. That's the problem with this. Everybody wants to run the show, but nobody wants to take the risk. <laughs>
2: The Arizona Cardinals are getting ready for round two against the Seattle Seahawks, this time at home. This Sunday kicks off a three-game stretch against against divisional opponents. Mike, the Seahawks have won three in a row. What do the Cardinals need to do on Sunday to ensure a victory?
0: Score more points than the Seattle Seahawks. All right. No, I, in all seriousness, she just looked at me. If You could see the look through the glass at that dumb answer. <laughs> No, I just think what they need to do is get back on track on offense. They need to start scoring points in the first quarter so they're not one-dimensional and playing from behind. They need to get back some of their injured players. They need to move Kyler Murray out of the pocket where he's a better quarterback and more of a run threat, and that defense has to continue to put pressure on the opposing team. They have lost some games where they've only given up 20 or 21 points to some very powerful offenses. The defense has played well enough to win. The offense has it, and they've got to get back to the offensive old. simple answer right i'd say so the look you gave me when i gave that answer score more points i know what you wanted to say and i'm proud of you for not saying it on the air
2: but you play to win the game right mike <laughs>
0: exactly right so uh, uh let's hope the cardinals pull off a big win and of course we'll have wolfley on with us on monday we always do we we do a segment with him called bird's eye view to wrap up what happens on sunday games you know ron wolfley from the uh wolf and luke show of our arizona sports he's also the voice of the arizona cardinals it's great to talk with him um what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the economy. I'm having some really interesting conversations with people. As I've said before, I love the conversations. I like talking to people that don't necessarily agree with me where we have conversations about the direction that our country is going. And um, I would say that uh, we're not – We most people agree we're not going in the right direction. And, and you know there's a lot of different reasons for it and there's political reasons for and against and that's always going to play out especially in an election year like this especially with what's going on but in reality the suffering that people are doing right now and that it's outside of their control is is not just damaging but it's demoralizing to a lot of places. One of the things we I haven't talked a whole lot about and I wish I had talked about more is small businesses big businesses too but small businesses especially when you see increase in necessities like you're seeing right now and uh, bosses are trying to figure how they're going to keep their financial heads above water and continue to run their businesses with the expenses that are going on right now, they are afraid and they have every reason to be afraid. So coming up in a moment, we'll talk about the unemployment rate staying low, which is good news. People still are employed, but things continue to get more and more expensive and some things are in very short supply. What is going to be the thing that turns the corner? We'll talk about that next strong values and strong opinions the Mike Broomhead show KTAR news 92.3 FM and the KTAR news app and hey, thanks for being here appreciate you spending some time with us we are just about 30 minutes from our weekend we hope you've got a great one planned um uh, looking at some of the economic outlook and what's happening, uh, it's interesting conversations I've been having with people. Someone said to me that inflation is different than – is much more um, complex than I'm making it out to be. It's not just about fuel prices, and they're 100 percent right, and that's not exactly what we've been talking about. Um, we have been talking about the complexity. It is a worldwide issue. We're seeing recession or um, inflation all over the world. There's no doubt about that. Um, it is It's about mitigation. It is about damaging results and how small you can make the damage. That's what it's always about. There are good times and there are bad times. And sometimes it's harder to define mitigated damage. We can see the damage. And I'll give you an example. The president of the United States is saying that if you think it's bad now, elect Republicans. They'll make it worse. You know, that's pretty hard to disprove. But it's also kind of funny that they're now saying, you know, some of you think it's bad. Well, if you think it's bad, it's going to be worse under Republicans. And if that's the message, they're in big trouble um, as we talk about this economy moving forward. The problem for a lot of people, myself included, is how good it was going before. You can't blame it all on COVID. You can't blame it all on the war in Russia. You've got to blame part of it on policy. So I'm going to lay this out one more time economically and where my position is on this. The president of the United States has messaged wrong. I wouldn't agree with the message if he said it the right way. But I'm telling you he's messaging wrong to the American people if he wants the majority of Americans or closer to a majority of the Americans to agree with him on the economy. The president should have been honest in saying – When he in addition to what he said was we're going after the oil companies that we are going to be energy independent in renewable energy and climate change is a number one issue that this planet is facing, including the U.S. And is one of the biggest uh, emitters of a carbon footprint, we need to get those emissions down here in America and work with our, our our colleagues in China doing the same thing and save the planet. I don't subscribe to that. But if he had said to the American people, we need to do this and we're going to do this. If you elect me president, we're going to do this, but it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be cheap. We are going to see an increase in costs because the policy is going to drive up a barrel of oil. If we are not energy independent in America, we are leaving ourselves open to nations to make decisions that are national security issues, not just economy issues. And that's what we're seeing now. The President of the United States, and this is, I just think this is interesting. You may agree with it, maybe you don't, but it's interesting that the President of the United States went to the Saudis, he went to the UAE, he went to the Iranians, and he went to the Venezuelans. And he asked them all for assistance. Some did not even respond. And then those very nations got together with Russia, or at least. The OPEC nations did got together with Russia and decided the prudent thing to do beginning in November is a two million barrel per day drop in production of oil, because that, of course, is going to help the inflation in the world. And they're basically thumbing their noses and laughing in the face of the Americans. Now is a time when the United States government needs the oil companies to be as efficient as they possibly can be and as streamlined and as hardworking as they possibly can be. They're not lowering restrictions on U.S manufacturers. They are not lowering restrictions on exploration. They're still going after the financing of exploration. They still have restrictions on where you can drill and how you can drill. They are still not restrictions on the leases. There is more compliance issues. If you listen to the experts that will tell you that the reason why diesel fuel is so high and probably going to climb even higher in the short term is because it's a supply issue and a refining issue. And the White House has not come out and said, we have got to slash regulations and we've got to. Allow these companies to drill baby drill, get as much of that oil out of the ground as fast as they can offset this lack of production by the OPEC nations and become energy independent. So now we have a bigger seat at the table and we haven't done that. We haven't done that for the entirety of this administration because this president believes that is the pathway To going with renewable energy, especially electric vehicles. And if he had said to the American people, this is what I'm going to do and it's going to be expensive, I don't know if he would have been elected or not. But at least he would have been honest. And then when the war came up and COVID happened and we came out of COVID and shipping costs were through the roof and all the goods and services we use were becoming more expensive, but raises couldn't keep up with inflation. Then he comes to the American people and he says, listen, here's the deal. Um, we've got to be able to morph and change with circumstances. And nobody could have expected that we were going to see Russia invade Ukraine or that North and South Korea were going to start shooting missiles into the sea in each other's directions that the. Chinese were threatening what they're threatening, that we were going to see this loss of production of wheat from that region where Ukraine and Russia is, and all of these things hitting us at once while we're trying to climb out of COVID. So in the interest of prosperity in the world, in the interest of prosperity, we are going to roll back some of our climate change agenda. We're just going to push it back a year or two, and we're going to make sure That instead of us being on this path to do this by 2035, we now are going to say we're going to get it done by 2037 because we need a moratorium on what we're doing because we need fossil fuels. And American companies are better at doing this than any of these other countries. And being energy independent is a national security issue. He'd have been a hero. He would have been a hero. But instead, nothing's wrong. There is no inflation. It's transitory. He was wrong. They've been wrong since the beginning. They've gotten this wrong at every turn. And now they're facing losses, big losses in the House and maybe some not so huge losses in the Senate where they may lose control of the Senate. But I think it's a foregone conclusion they're going to lose the elections in the House. They're saying now Vegas is saying it's an 80 something percent chance that the House flips. So now it's going to be tougher to get his agenda through. It's going to be tougher for him to get things done. And instead of any kind of compromise, this is where we are. So when I talk about the failures of this administration from my perspective, because that's what you get on this show is my perspective. I want what's best for the country, too. I hope the job rate stays high. I hope that we, def- we don't have to lay people off. I hope the job market stays strong. I hope people stay employed. I don't want to see failure to be right. I'd rather be wrong and see America be successful. But what we are seeing is this huge increase. We keep flooding more money into the market. They just sent a letter to 9 million people. I got a letter from the IRS saying that I am entitled to more relief money. I I don't need relief money. And so at a time when we're trying to slow down the economy, you're sending out 9 million more checks. It doesn't make sense. It's counterproductive to what you're trying to accomplish and i don't think that they're sending the right message to the american people it's why he remains unpopular every time he puts out a statement about how great it is how great our economy really is people will shake their heads and say what planet are you living on we're paying you know double what we were paying for eggs we everything is through the roof what do you what do you mean i'm putting groceries on a credit card and these are the working class americans many times many times that vote democrat they're just frustrated, and I think the White House needs to take a long, hard look at that. We had an interesting interview with a labor attorney today in where he talked about your right to vote and that your boss has to ensure that you have time to vote on Election Day. But what do you need to do to make that happen? We'll do. We'll tell you what that is coming up here in just a moment. strong values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 923 fm and the ktar news app and hey, thanks for being here if you missed the interview i had today with john belitis who is a, a lawyer here in town and he is advises on um labor laws employment laws and uh with the legislature and with private companies as well and was an interesting conversation with something that I didn't know that Arizona has a law in the books that says you are entitled to vote and that law protects you, that your boss has to give you a three-hour window to vote. I want you to hear a little bit of what he said in this conversation because it might pertain to you as an employee.
1: Employees here are entitled to three consecutive hours of time within which to vote on election day without having to worry about losing any pay. So as a practical matter, what that means is that if you don't have three consecutive hours between when the polls open and your workday starts or when your shift ends at the end of the day and the polls close, your employer needs to provide enough paid time off to you in order to ensure that you have that three hour block of opportunity of time to vote.
0: So to sum it up, if you if you begin work at eight a.m. and you don't get off till six p.m. and that doesn't give you three consecutive hours to vote at the beginning or the end of your shift, your boss and you, oh, you'll hear this in a minute. Your boss gets to choose whether it's in the morning before your shift or in the afternoon after your shift or whatever that your employer has to make sure has to allow you three hours. Now, if you only would have a two hour window, they've got to pay you for that extra hour. If that makes sense, you have to have a three consecutive hour window to vote, and the employer gets to dictate which three.
1: The law largely applies to people who work longer shifts, like, you know, like 410s, because the example you just gave would put a a person in a shift scenario like that without three hours at the front end or the back end of their day, right? But what people do have to understand is that the employer, it's discretionary, the employer decides when it's going to give you that block. So it can say, okay, well, you're going to have it in the morning or you're going to have it in the afternoon. The employee doesn't decide, the employer decides.
0: So in the nightmare scenario, a few years ago, um, Maricopa County had a uh, during a primary election, uh, Maricopa County had huge wait times. People were waiting four or five hours to vote in that case. If it goes longer than three hours, what
1: happens? Once that three-hour block expires, so let's say you only have two, and the employer says, "Look, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, an hour of paid time off in the morning to give you that three-hour block," and then you're at the polls, and it runs into four hours or four and a half hours. <laughs> the employer isn't entitled to then pay you for that additional time. So the, you know, they could they could dock you if you're an hourly worker, for example, and say, "Well, you were gone for four and four and a half hours. I'm giving you an hour of time, but." we're going to have to dock you for an hour or an hour and a half. That's perfectly legal. The point is that, that you, you just have to have those three hours made up, whether it's you know, all paid or whether it's a combination of hours in the morning when you're free and paid time off from the employer. So it,
0: it's uh, it's an interesting, you know, most employers are pretty good about this. And the reason why we did this today is because there's a lot of people out there that fall into that category that don't realize that this law exists. But I also think there are a lot of employers that would be happy to, to comply, that would absolutely comply with this, that don't understand that this law is on the books. It only comes up every couple of years. But there is, there is a requirement from the employee. You have to notify your employer of your intent and your desire so that they can make the decision when it's best to let you go
1: the statute doesn't say how the notice is to be provided you know it doesn't say got to be in writing or it can be oral it just says an employee wanting to exercise his or her rights to this three-hour block has to make the employer aware of that fact at least one day prior to the election and so in in the context of our discussion today Mike that means either today right or on Monday and if if the worker doesn't give that notice at least one day in advance, come Tuesday morning, if they want to do this, they're they're not going to be technically entitled to it.
0: Yeah, so that employers can get prepared for it as well. If they've got multiple employees, if it's, you know, you're working those 10 to four, 10 hour shifts, so everybody's kind of in the same boat, that the boss can say, all right, this group of you are going to do it first thing in the morning and the other ones are going to leave early in the afternoon so that you have time to get out and vote. The reason why I wanted you to hear a little bit more of that conversation is I think voting is that important. It's something that we all need to do. I I, I think we all should be a part of the solution. If we all have strong opinions, let's be a part of the solution. And if this helps you in that scenario, if you didn't understand, That You don't have to lose pay in order to get to the polls and you want to vote in person. A lot of people vote early. I understand that. But if you fit into this category, this could actually help you. Let your boss know today you want to vote on Tuesday. Let him know Monday or her know Monday that you want to vote on Tuesday. And then they will have to make a concession so that you have that three-hour voting block either before your shift or after so that you are able to uh, to get to the polls. I, I just think it was something – it was a fascinating conversation. I never even knew the law existed. With everything else I've done in Arizona and being an employer, I never knew that that existed. So that's where it's at. Um, we are going to be sprinting to the finish. I want to take just a moment to remind you that we will have excellent coverage on Election Day here at KTAR News. Um, we will start in the evening. We are gonna to get together with the full crew in here in the studio with experts as well as we anticipate and wait for the first drop of of some of the ballots and the and the and the ballot counts, which will happen at eight PM. I believe we go on the air at seven. And we're going to spend that hour leading up to it. Then we'll talk about results as we see them come in all night. And uh, it should be a fascinating time, as it always is. Um, Also, I want to direct you to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes. It is a great resource for anyone who wants to be a more informed voter. If you still have questions about candidates or issues, we've got interviews and stories up there on that Web page. It's a great resource. I hope you'll utilize it should be an interesting weekend as we sprint toward this election. Um, If you're a social media user over the weekend, I like to stay in touch touch. Here's how you find me on Twitter. I am at Broomhead KTAR. That is my personal Twitter handle. If you get a response or a comment, that is directly from me. You can blame me for it. At Broomhead Show just gives you updates on the guests that we will have and things that are happening on the show. So I hope you'll uh, follow that one as well. And if you're an Instagram user, you can find me uh, Mike Broomhead at Mike Broomhead, all one word, no dots, no dashes, no underscores. And that's where you can keep in touch. I'd love to stay in touch between shows. We'll be back on Monday uh, starting at about 8 a.m. as we always are um should be an interesting sprint towards this election so i'm going to take a rest this weekend to get ready for that big sprint have a great weekend everyone god bless